Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Inside Line with your host, Dr. Daniel Cameron. In tonight's episode, Dr. Cameron will be discussing the case of a 21-year-old soldier who was dismissed from active duty after failing treatment for Lyme disease. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Cameron. And thank you again for leading the discussion. So, um, so, this, so this young man had quite a few symptoms to start off. Yes, he, uh, he was 21. Um, the fact that he's a Division I student athlete, that uh, he must have been in uh, awfully good shape. Uh, but he presented with heart palpitations and adrenaline rushes. Uh, and they thought originally it was stress. Um, I often see patients where they're, they're tired and wired, their immune system is active. And so uh, they didn't come up with any diagnosis uh, initially. But four months later, uh, they were testing. And it's a shame he's sick for four months already when he's 21. But they tested and they came up with a positive Epstein-Barr test and a negative Lyme disease test. So he was told that he had Epstein-Barr virus reactivation, and they said, go ahead with rest and recovery. Now, Epstein-Barr reactivation is an interesting uh, and controversial diagnosis because uh, for years they would think it was Epstein-Barr syndrome, that Epstein-Barr would have an acute phase and a chronic phase, but because so many healthy people have a positive Epstein-Barr, it's mired in controversy. Uh, they don't really have any great treatments uh, as internists in, in the pharmacies. So if, if it's true that there is a component of Epstein-Barr, it's, it's uh, controversial and usually uh, treated by alternative medicine doctors. Uh, now, they also, now they also mentioned a traumatic brain injury. Yeah, the, the man uh, graduated, so evidently he was able to keep his education going, but uh, he remained on medical leave because his symptoms had not resolved. Uh, so at that point, they were calling it you know, persistent mononucleosis, which is a, sort of a variant on Epstein-Barr. But because he was an athlete, they thought he had traumatic brain injury or TBI, from a possible post-concussion syndrome related to his sport injuries. Uh, because uh, there's also kind of a question of uh, if, it, if you have a sports, uh, get a concussion, then you get uh, some symptoms. And of course, people who are athletes who get concussions are also athletes that are exposed to uh, Lyme disease, tick-borne disease, because they're often playing on grass. But no, at that point, it was just traumatic brain and persistent mono. So he was, so his first treatment was rest recovery. Then his symptoms didn't, did not improve. And then he was um, uh, prescribed the oxygen therapy, which is not, not a lot of individuals know about, but he did not respond yeah. well to, to that therapy. Yeah, I think that, uh, as I said, that the, the whole issue of chronic, uh, mono um, Epstein-Barr syndrome, uh, internists don't tend to have anything to offer with the traditional pharmacy. So that's why you get into these alternative medicine things. So hyperbaric oxygen therapy, people know it better with someone who has a, a deep sea uh, bends when they come up 
or uh, sometimes wound infections. So there was a theory in Texas, uh, someone who had proposed that maybe, maybe it'll work and it increased the oxygen in a tissue and it might work. But uh, he stopped it after two sessions because uh, it led to heart palpitations, flank pain, myalgias, and neuropathy. Uh, now, if one does hyperbaric oxygen therapy, it tends to be like five days a week for at least a month. So he had only two sessions. So we don't know if it would have worked uh, because the symptoms increased. And they, they performed a repeat Lyme test, which again was, was negative. Yeah, now in, in practice, because the tests are not as reliable for Lyme and other tick-borne illnesses, there's often that tough decision, should one treat clinically? That is, should one prescribe an antibiotic if it looks like Lyme? Uh, they thought because of his military training, he had plenty of tick exposure. Uh, there was no other definitive findings at the time. And so they made that decision, prescribed an antibiotic. And so that was a clinical decision for treatment. And he did actually get treated. He got treated with three courses of doxycycline. They continued to test for Lyme and they were inconclusive. Inconclusive sometimes means they can't meet the CDC criteria. Uh, in this case, they didn't give enough information. So in, when I look at treating clinically for Lyme, it doesn't mean that everybody gets better. Uh, quite a few do. So, uh, you know, I treat... Uh, uh, based on symptoms. And uh, in this case, I would have likely uh, tried uh, to switch an antibiotic, you know, so maybe amoxicillin, Zithromax. Uh, uh, sometimes they'll have a tick-borne thing called Babesia. And so I'll treat for that parasite. But even that someone like this is that intravenous antibiotics, because intravenous antibiotics goes in the brain, uh, might've been considered. But I also have patients who fail treatment because when you treat clinically, um, you're still uh, working with someone, still you might not get better. But during the time I'm treating clinically, I'm always looking for another illness because uh, that patient's with me, trusting that I'll do an evaluation. And uh, I follow them up, I send them to specialists uh, to make sure there's not another treatment approach. Well, now the, the three courses of doxycycline actually worsened again, worsened this patient's symptoms. So the hyperbaric oxygen therapy brought out some symptoms and then the doxycycline brought out quite a few symptoms. Yes, in this case uh, that, you know, we always at first um, attribute the flare up to what they call a Herxheimer reaction. That is the immune system gets involved, the immune system creates more troubles. Um, that's why when I said joint pain, nerve pain, headaches, uh, as well as fatigue, concentration problems, uh, anxiety, depression, chest and pain, those are all the classic things, you know, that pain and cognitive issues, headaches that, that people with Lyme often have. And, but because uh, it, was, it seemed to be more than a Herxheimer that he continued to be sick, he was eventually forced to top treatment and not pursue a clinical diagnosis of Lyme disease any further. And I run into that myself. Sometimes I try this, I try that, I try some, um, um, some very symptomatic managements. I do a lot of counseling because these are tough diagnoses. 
And I, I still find that some people fail treatment. Well, as, as you mentioned, he just had the, that one antibiotic. Um, so they, they didn't try, try anything else, but then he went on to a, a functional medicine doctor who treated a little bit differently, but also struggled with that treatment. Yes. Uh, there's uh, always changes in time. Uh, this, these doctors uh, often practice integrated medicine or functional medicine. Uh, and so one of the latest things they're looking at is, is, uh, are mycotoxins, uh, are, are there mold issues? Are there questions with this gene mutation called MTHFR? In this case, they had an abnormal urine panel for mycotoxins. And so there's just a whole range of, of tests that are being introduced, trying to see if there's a way to uh, come up with objective criteria for, uh, for other kinds of illnesses. At the same time, they treated clinically also, you know, which is what I do for Lyme with antibiotics. They did empiric treatment with a whole range of things like intravenous glutathione, intravenous uh, leucoborin, and intravenous phosphatidylcholine. And uh, after uh, minor improvements in fatigue and stamina, after three months, he stopped due to the cost. Uh, now I find IV glutathione helps my patients if they go to integrated medicine doctor, but the frustration is that it doesn't change um, the overall course. Often they're within a couple of days, all the symptoms come back. So it's, a, it's so frustrating to not have that intravenous glutathione work that they're trying to come up with a, a glutathione that in a pill, so they, the stomach eats it up. So they tried liposomal type changes to try to get something that works uh, for the long haul, but that's not working. In this case though, this gentleman gave it a shot, tried quite a few things and, and this doctor also failed. Yeah. Now he also found- the patient um, stayed pretty, pretty sick still. Right. He's, uh, by the way, the urine mycotoxin urine panel, that test was negative. So that test cleared, but he's, yes, he remained quite sick. So in addition to all the symptoms we're talking about, he was unable to perform moderate or strenuous physical activity. And because he's uh, in the army, is that's an important part of his uh, training and experience. He also had cognitive problems in short-term memory, focus problems that he would have also needed for his career. His severe fatigue and post-exertional malaise uh, were a problem. There's also something called uh, mast cell activation, which uh, could have been a thought because uh, he had allergic reactions to chemicals, to foods, to histamine intolerance, and urticaria. So at this point, between the cognitive, the possible mast cell activation and uh, functional is that one would, uh, uh, one would find it very difficult to function. And he certainly was quite ill according to the authors. Oh, in fact, uh, the authors went on to say that in addition to what he's had that I just mentioned, he struggled emotionally with anxiety, depression, environmental stimulation. What that means, is that uh, what I find is the immune system so busy that the sensory system's too active, too involved, 
So that's why you're sensitive to light, to noise, to uh, maybe to uh, touch, uh, to stress. And so it's, uh, it's difficult to uh, manage these cases. It's difficult to be a patient with those symptoms. And lastly is that there's also the sick and tired of being sick and tired because I can tell you that somebody has been sick like this, a 21 year old man like this, uh, it gets pretty, pretty frustrating for them. It's also frustrating for their uh, family, for their friends. Uh, in this case, he's in the army and other people in uh, working with him must have also been frustrated or at least uh, you know, worried about him. Well, this really, um, it probably is a good example, right, of a, of a patient that's that's very difficult to treat because he seemed to be so sensitive to the treatments. Yeah, that's part of that uh, overactive immune response. And so sometimes uh, your sense of distress, the light, the noise, to all kinds of things, but he also seems to be sensitive to, uh, to uh, various uh, treatments that he had. So that they decided to uh, try and approach it as chronic fatigue syndrome or what they call myalgic encephalomyelitis, which is similar to fibromyalgia. Then they thought maybe it was uh, mycotoxicosis uh, related, allergic rhinitis, vasomotor rhinitis. So there was one diagnosis after another, after another, and so, Quite a few people took a crack at it, got the crack at these symptoms. He worked with a lot of different approaches. And no matter who looked at him, it's almost reminds you of the Humpty Dumpty, is that, that it, apparently, according to the authors, he had uh, so many different approaches, so many empiric treatments, and didn't uh, and it didn't work out very well. Well, thank you. Thank you for describing this case. It's um, it's one of those where they actually the authors left left the case where the patient was still still sick so unfortunately but it shows the complexity of the illness and also uh, this patient eventually or this soldier was was finally considered unfit for duty despite extensive empiric treatment for a wide wide range of illnesses so um, I, I wrote a blog earlier about another soldier who was considered unfit for duty also. So I, Darlene is going to post that with the blog. Uh, and it's a shame, uh, you know, somebody who's uh, probably at the peak of their career, uh, Division I student athlete uh, with a great career ahead, uh, uh, finished uh, college and yet uh, wasn't able to pursue his passion, his career. And so I thought... Uh, this uh, this article really captured uh, the difficulty with uh, with empiric treatment uh, with uh, and I'm hoping that over time that this uh, young man will find a way to uh, get better. Uh, he may have to recirculate through some of these specialists and see if there's a way to get past this illness and get better. So. I certainly pray for him to get uh, an answer soon. Well, thank you again, Dr. Cameron, for talking about this. And um, we can read more about this this case and the other one that you mentioned over on your website, uh, danielcameronmd.com. And thank you, Darlene.